Hello everybody and welcome back to the JDA Football Podcast. This week was Champions League and Europa League week returning back. Um, Manchester United got through, Atletico Madrid lost to Chelsea with a brilliant Olivier Giroud overhead kick. City beat Mönchengladbach 2-0. Real Madrid got through by the skin of the teeth, or got through or beat them, Atalanta in the first leg, sorry. Uh, and Tottenham beat Wolfsburg, not the German Bundesliga side. 4-0. But yeah, all that to come, plus general news and some Everton news, which Alex will give to us. But first, Alex, it is your birthday today. Thank you for joining us. How's your day been so far? Uh, it's been pretty decent, pretty decent. Uh, obviously, can't go anywhere. Um, so, it's not, not the best, but uh, we're making do and yeah, it's been uh, pretty decent. Alex, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, I had a burger left from last night, so I had some of that. For breakfast? Yeah, I woke up at like 10 o'clock and nearly missed my first lesson. But, um, You're dirty, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alex. I clean my teeth before it and after it, though, so it's it's all right. For the for the listeners, Alex hasn't opened any presents yet. But Alex, tell them what you're getting for your tea tonight. Oh, uh, well, I don't actually know that much. I'm going to KFC and uh, McDonald's, and I'm going to look at the menu. But I think I'm going to get uh, some boneless chicken from KFC, and then if they have, do you know the double Big Mac? If yeah. they still have it, I'm pretty sure that was like over. Uh, January, February time. If they still have it, I'm going to get one of them. But if they don't, I might get just a chicken legend. And oh. then we're going to be ordering some uh, Nando's. Oh, what you so. could do. I did this. So the Grand Mac was out when we were in New York and they didn't have it at the airport in New York. So my uh, uncle who I was with, he just uh, made it as a double decker. So he just literally got uh... one, but like two, three burgers and just stacked them up on each other. So you could do that. But yeah, how are yeah. you doing, Joe? <laughs> Pretty good, pretty good. Um, a couple of weeks left of home learning, and then we're back to school, but still in lockdown, sir. So. Yep. Uh, we will come on to the easing of lockdown in a bit with the football, what it means for the stadiums and fans. But first, let's go for the Champions League. Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea. Giroud getting the vital goal, Joe, in the end. We managed to watch on a live stream on Twitch which does all right, but I think we'll stay on YouTube in the future. But yeah, how did you see the game, Joe? Yeah, it was a very good game. Um, Chelsea seemed to be on top throughout most of it uh, from an attacking standpoint, but it didn't really seem like Madrid's defence was going to crumble at any point. Um, but yeah, Giroud's goal was just beautiful. Yeah, it took a, it took a moment of memory in my heart Alex what does this mean for Atletico Madrid going forward into the second leg well I don't want to say they're out of it because obviously they did it last season at Anfield miraculously they actually won the tie with a 3-2 win Um, but I think with different conditions with no fans I don't really see them having enough firepower going forward to, to even maybe score a goal against Chelsea because that match, I don't think there was many points other than the first couple of minutes where they even looked like scoring. So as much as I want Atletico to, to beat Chelsea, I, I can't really see it happening. Yep. When we were watching that game, Alex decided to turn over to the Lazio Bayern game, which we'll come on to now. It ended up 4-1 in the end to Bayern Munich. Uh, who played away at Lazio's ground. Um, Robert Lewandowski became the third top all-time goal scorer in Champions League history, taking over Raul, of course, used to play for Real Madrid. But Alex, 
It wasn't just the Lewandowski show, it was the Bayern Munich show, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, Lazio actually played uh, some decent football at some times. Um, they had decent build-up play and obviously they could have scored uh, even one or two more, but they couldn't handle Bayern's pace on the counter-attack. Like um, Kingsley Coman and uh, Leroy Sane on the wings, Like they just constantly running at the uh, the defence of Lazio and just managed to hit the back of the net four times, all down to Lazio not being able to, to keep up with that high press and counter-attacking style of football. So ultimately they got absolutely um, demolished. But I must say the, the Correa goal, uh, which was the only one for Lazio, was um, a pretty decent one. Yep. Uh, I think it'll be tough for Lazio to come back, but you never know in the Champions League and especially this season. The next game was Atalanta versus Real Madrid. Atalanta had a player sent off, but I believe Phil and Mendy got the vital goal for Real Madrid in that match. Uh, the next game was Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Manchester City. Ended up 2-0 to Manchester City in the end. Uh, Bernardo Silva getting the first goal from a brilliant João Cancelo cross. Uh, and then Gabriel Jesus getting his 15th goal in the Champions League for City. Um, it, look, it looked a bit like City would just wave after wave. Mönchengladbach couldn't really get out of their own half. And when they did, it was towards the dying embers of the game. And they could have got one on the last bit of the last minute or second or so, uh, but they didn't manage to get that. And I believe player had a very good back heel volley sort of from a Zachariah pass that just went past the post. Uh, but yeah, I think Manchester City will go back to the Etihad knowing that they can just defend this tie. Um, but like I said before, you never know. Um, going on to the Europa League ties now, and this is the second leg, of course, they were played last uh, week. The first one was Tottenham Hotspur 4, Wolfsburg 0. And I believe Deli Ali excelled in that game, didn't he, Alex? Yeah, scored a, a bicycle kick to, to open the scoring for Tottenham. And then um, it was just kind of like a, a walk through a friendly match for, for Tottenham. They just were able to play how they wanted and break um, Wolfsburg down time and time again. And ultimately, they absolutely demolished them over the two legs, 8-1, and probably were, were unlucky to concede. But yeah, they're through to the next round, so they'll be happy. Yep. The next game was Rangers versus Royal Antwerp of Belgium. It ended up 9-5 on aggregate. Uh, Rangers winning 5-2 that game. Morales getting the first goal. Uh, and I don't know if anybody saw, but Ryan Kent's goal, the build-up play for that was just ridiculous. And he slotted it home. Um, so they do go through. We'll give you the ties in a bit. But yeah, Rangers look a top side this season in the Europa League and in the SPFL. Um, but yeah, the next game was Arsenal versus Benfica. Now... It was a bit, Arsenal were a bit uh, shaky towards the dying numbers of the game. Uh, Aubameyang managed to get the vital goal. He got two in that match uh, and Rafa got two with a brilliant free kick uh, in the first half. Uh, but Arsenal just got through by the skin of the teeth, didn't they, Alex? Yeah, the, I think it was the 87th minute where Aubameyang um, scored a goal, which in the Premier League, I think it might have been even called offside. So they were quite lucky. But the cross from Saka uh, to Aubameyang for that goal was just sublime. Like, it was almost on the level of uh, Cancheo against Mönchengladbach. Um, but ultimately, I thought Arsenal were quite lucky to get past Benfica, as you said. Um, I thought Benfica had a, a couple of good attacking threats and obviously Rafa getting the two goals, two very good goals. Um, but the second one, I think it was a, a mistake from Ceballos, who tried to head it back to Leno and then Rafa just runs past him and gets one of the easiest goals he'll probably ever score, but he did have to take it round Leno, to be fair. And then they did hit the post. I think it was near the last minute, but it was offside anyway. So 
Arsenal get away with it. Yep, and I believe Ceballos did a brilliant uh, pass through somebody through one of the Benfica uh, defenders' legs, and Saka couldn't put it home. It was a great save by the Benfica goalkeeper. Uh, but going on to the round of sixteen ties now that were drawn today on Friday. Um, this is for yeah round of sixteen in the Europa League. Now I'm gonna read them out, and then I want you two to just quickly say who do you think will win the tie, and then I'll say the next one. And Are we repeat, adding it to the spread? No, we're not. We're not. We're doing all the games this week, so it should be good. Um, where right. are they? Where are what? The things on the... The matches on the snapshots. Yeah, the draws. Uh, it's just... Uh, uh, it, mind. Yep. Right, okay. So this isn't going to be part of the photo spreader because that's Premier League specific. But yeah, I'll mention the tie and then you two give me an answer. We'll go Joe, then Alex. Um, but yeah, the first Your one... prediction or... No, just overall tie, so who you think is going to win okay. over both legs. Right, so the first game is Ajax versus Young Boys of Switzerland. Who do you think is going to win this one, Joe? Uh, I haven't seen much of Young Boys of Switzerland, but I, I do think Ajax will win. Uh, let's call it 3-2. No, 3-1. You, you don't have to give the score unless you want to, by the way. It's, it's completely okay. up to you guys. Right, Alex? Uh, I'm just going to go with Ajax. I can't really see uh, Young Boys getting past any further. Uh, the next game, Dinamo Kiev versus v- Villarreal. Uh, I'm just going to go uh, Villarreal. I'm going to go Villarreal as well. Roma versus Shakhtar Donetsk of Ukraine. I might go for Shakhtar, you know. I think they'll, they'll surprise them. I'll go the other way then. I'll say Roma. Yeah. I mean, uh, Shakhtar did, like, didn't they win 1-0, I believe, against Real Madrid? Or... Uh, might have been 2-1. Or... Yeah. Someone like, yeah, they were away and then they, yeah, they, they did beat. the job on them. So, yeah, you never know, I suppose. Uh, Arsenal fans aren't happy about this tie, which we will come on to in a minute. Uh, Olympiacos versus Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal. Olympiacos. <laughs> I mean, the, Joe, Joe could be right because last year the Olympiacos did win in the second leg uh, 1-0, which put them through. But Arsenal fans say they've got the hardest uh, tie in the Europa League for this certain round of 16, Alex, don't they? Yeah, I can't really see where they're coming from. Like, there's a whole host of teams that they'd probably not have wanted other than Olympiacos. I know they still have the the memories of being knocked out at the uh, the Emirates, sorry, last season. But yeah, I can't really see it happening again, and I can't really see that what they're overacting about. Yeah, I think they'd struggle against Rangers or Ajax as well. Yeah, and it's then not like English every teams. other team's got easy draws. Yeah. Um, yeah, the next game is Dinamo Zagreb versus Tottenham Hotspur. I'm just going to go with Tottenham. Spurs. Uh, the next game is arguably a classic Champions League match, but it is in the Europa League this year. Um, it Wee. is Manchester United <laughs> versus AC Milan. Uh, oh, I'm returning to Old Trafford. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back my, my brethren in, in AC Milan. I want to say Milan. Did it, uh, we'll, they'll do the job on them now. They'll do the, they'll we'll say It is both second in the league against each other with the Premier League and Serie A. The next game, Slavia Prague, of course, beat Leicester City, which we didn't cover for some reason. Uh, but yeah, they beat them 2-0 um, against Rangers, informed side Rangers. Who's winning this one? I think it's going to be a bit more difficult for Rangers than the other ties, but I think they'll, they'll probably progress through it, even though... Leicester for some reason couldn't I think Rangers will pull through Rangers are very good at the moment 
Granada, who I believe knocked out Napoli this week. Uh, it was 2-1, Napoli won. But against Mulder, of course, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's former club. Uh, I'm just going to go uh, for Granada. I'm going to say Granada as well. Right. Now, did we cover... Yes, we, we did cover all the Europa League games. Right, so that is Alex and Joe's score predictions done, or who they think is going to win. Um, now, going to some Premier League games now, and Alex... Everton beat Liverpool for the first time since 2010, and I believe it's the first time you've beaten them away at Anfield since 1999. Yeah, yeah. The first time in my lifetime, which is a, a bit awkward, but at least finally we've done it. I texted Jason before and said, I don't think we're going to win at Anfield in my lifetime, and uh, it turns out I jinxed it. So, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we defended very well. I don't think there was any points in the match where I'd, I thought Liverpool were definitely going to score. I think... Um, Jordan Henderson had a volley and about 20 minutes and it was a ridiculous save from, from Jordan Pickford. And then from then on, we just uh, defended very uh, resolutely and played the way that Liverpool didn't want us to play. And first goal I thought was very good. Uh, I know Liverpool probably should have cleared it before it went to Hammers, but um, a very good finish from Richarlison then. Uh, a questionable penalty, which I'm sure will come on to later, whether we think it was a penalty or not, but I thought it was. Um, and then obviously rounded off a, a good result. But uh, obviously we have to continue on with the season, even though we want to act like we've we just won the trophy, which um, honestly it feels like we have. But uh, yeah. Yeah, of course, Richardson took that goal brilliantly inside three minutes, was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the second goal, now we'll come on to it now. Was it a penalty, do you think, Alex, given your honest opinion? I can see why they've given it. Um, but I can see why Liverpool fans are angry. But I was thinking like the other way around. If Mane was, I'll go for it. Like he was, he was gonna go through and just like tap the ball in. He tripped over Trent, which to be fair isn't a penalty. But then you you see it like Trent just kicks out at him just before he falls down to the floor. And I think that's what VAR have seen and therefore given it as a foul, which is fair enough. Um, but if it was Mane that fell and like Holgate kicked him when he tripped over him that I don't think um Liverpool fans would let you argue against it being a penalty so yeah yeah at first glance it did look like it was a penalty but that's because we're yeah, probably so far away yeah in real time it just looked like he just kicked him and he'd yeah fallen over but it was a bit closer when you went down to VAR yep um going from Everton's brilliant win to West Ham versus Spurs. Ended up 2-1 to West Ham in the London derby. Mikhail Antonio, who we will come on to later, and this man behind me on the Zoom call. Jesse Lingard <laughs> scored the goal. Um, but yeah, Is that a strategic put... placement there? Of course Did you it put was. it there just because of this? Of course it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I believe, did Lucas Moura score the goal for Spurs? Yes. He did. Up. Uh, yep. Now going on to your team, Joe. Now Villa, they lost against they lost against Leicester City two one in a sort of a Midlands derby. What did you think of the game? Yeah, um, it could have gone either way for me. I think they were the better team in the day, but I don't think you can excuse the fact that we didn't have Graylish or half of our defence, and I think we did pretty well considering that. But yeah. we won't have Graylish for a while, so we're going to have to learn how to cope. We won't have him this weekend against Leicester. No, no, Leeds, sorry. But we're going to have to learn to cope with that. 
Yep. Um, I want to talk about Jack Grealish and what happened with him. And we were talking about it on the stream the other day, but we'll talk about it again. So I believe the news broke about his injury into the fantasy football, which is like an app for everybody who doesn't know. It's not a betting app. It's just free. Uh, players are allowed to use it. Um, but Joe, you'll probably know more than me. Uh, could you add anything to what I've said? Yeah, there was a few players from the squad who, um, and, and a couple of people in management who removed Grealish from their squad once they realised he was injured. And that news wasn't released to anybody uh, apart from the Villa team. So Leicester shouldn't have known that and none of the fans should have known. Meaning technically, um, well, the people watching it caught up, caught on that uh, so many like people involved in Villa had taken him out of their squad. And... Um, it was just basically just an unfortunate leak and it gave Leicester a slight tactical advantage. But to be honest, I think they had as much of an advantage as they could have had anyway, have, like with Grealish being off the pitch. So I, I don't think it would have changed the outcome if they didn't know, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Alex, do you think uh, Premier League players should be able to use the FPL app in future? Um, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, seeing as it has no, like, if you do win it, like, it doesn't have any financial difference, like, if you win it or if you don't win it, it's just a bit of fun. So, realistically, it, it shouldn't be a worry for, for Premier League teams to let their players have FPL. But if things like this is going on, like, I don't know if the Premier League can allow it, like, much more because it's obvious that Aston Villa were, I wouldn't say outraged, but they didn't like the fact that it got leaked before they actually put the news out. So it did put Leicester at an advantage, but whether that would have changed anything on the pitch, we will probably never know. But if it happens again, I don't think um, Premier League players will be allowed it um, by their clubs, definitely. I'm not sure what the Premier League will do, though. But Well, say. apparently it has happened before. I, I, heard, I saw an article saying it happened to Liverpool City and United before. But um, we seem to be the ones that have been most outraged about it. I mean, Dean Smith was really mad about it. And every player in the Villa squad have, has been banned from playing FPL. But um, I think it should be rather, rather than just being straight up banned, I think they should just refrain from using players from their team because uh, it could give away tactical information. Yeah, um, I think the thing was with Villa, it's because I think the amount of people that swapped him in and out of the team as well. And yeah, it was those five people who did it. Yeah, uh, and the fact that, I mean, it, it would have been Grealish versus James Madison, uh, but yeah, James Madison uh, was the, really the star with Harvey Barnes in that match. Um, but yeah, that's that's where it came to in the end. Um, we'll go on to the next game now, Arsenal versus Manchester City. Um, Raheem Sterling got the vital goal in the end for City two minutes in from a Riyad Mahrez cross, which was uh, very well taken by Sterling. Everybody was crediting Sterling and saying how well he did, forgetting as high up in the air as he did. People were saying he must have been doing a ton of box jumps. Uh, but yeah, Sterling got the header uh, against Arsenal. That puts them 10 points clear in the Premier League. Uh, it was a relegation scrap at the bottom of the table. Fulham played Sheffield United in the end. Uh, Fulham won with an Adamola Luckman goal. Um, was it, 
I believe, was it off a free kick or? Uh, I think they had a free kick and then um, they cleared it and then they just uh, had a quick build up and then Adam all up and put yeah. it in the back then. Yeah. But I think there was another incident with uh, Ariola later on in the match. I don't know if you're going to come to that. Um, you, you can talk about it. Uh, so I think uh, it was definitely late on and then Ariola, he came out, I think it was, might have been John Lundstrom or Byron or something. And um, it was a 50-50, but <laughs> Ariola just goes straight through him. And I think they were talking about it and they said if it was anywhere else on the pitch, they think... Um, Ariola would have been sent off, but as it was a 50-50 and it was in the box and it's a goalkeeper, it just wasn't given as a penalty where I think it was a, definitely a reckless challenge and probably should have been a red card and a penalty, but they got away with that one. Yep. Um, Manchester United played Newcastle on Sunday. Sunday was a very weird game before I come on to the games. It was a very weird games for the times because I believe West Ham played Spurs at 12 o'clock. Now, normally the games could take place at half 12. Then Villa played Leicester at five past two for some reason. The City-Arsenal game was half four as usual. Then the United-Newcastle game was at seven, which has not really been played on a Sunday in ages. So it was different times. But yeah, United did win 3-1 in the end. Um, Rashford scored the first goal, which was brilliant well taken. Then Alan St. Maxima scored a very good goal that deceived De Gea a bit in that. Uh, because he hit into the ground, it went up into the roof of the net. And then uh, Dan James got a goal and then Bruno Fernandes scored a penalty. Um, Now, the next game, Leeds United versus Southampton. Patrick Bamford, Stuart Dallas and Rafinha getting a free kick goal at the end. Dominant performance, you could say by Southampton because they could have had about two, three goals in that first half, Alex. Yeah, I think they they scored one, but I think... um... The referee said he hadn't blown his whistle and then they took a, free, a quick free kick and scored from it, but the referee disallowed it. And then they had quite a few more chances. Uh, che Adams missed a few sitters. And then obviously if you're playing Leeds United, if they get 10 shots, they're going to score a, like at least a quarter of them. So that's what they did. And Southampton just didn't put any away. And it's going to be a bit worrying for, for Hassan Hootel. I think that's um, six losses in seven, which... Is not what you want, um, and something needs to change for them. Maybe an attack. I know they've got quite a few injuries, but yeah, it's going to be worrying for them. But Leeds, they were they were very good, and I think they probably didn't deserve it. But um, with their attacking play, they they got the three goals and got the three points. Yep, uh, James Ward Prowse's free kick that was played into Che Adams, which he converted. Everybody was thinking at the time, why why is it not been given as a goal? Because I believe the uh, ref was Andre Marino, I think it was. Uh, so he's gone around and James Ward Prowse is going up to take it. Bearing in mind, Prowse hasn't hit the ball yet. And then uh, the ref blows his whistle. And then when he blows his whistle, the ball goes straight across. So it's in the time of him blowing the whistle. So people are like, why is it not being given? But it comes down yeah. to fine uh, lines, I suppose. Uh, the next game was Brighton versus Crystal Palace. Of course, that is a derby. Um, and then Crystal Palace at 1-2-1 with against the run of play, really, because uh, Brighton did dominate for the majority of the game, but Mateta and Benteke scored two brilliant goals. Yeah, I think, uh, Bra- I think um, Crystal Palace only had two shots in the entire game and 
to get two goals. I mean, it shows how clinical you are, but I think even though they did win Crystal Palace, they have to look at this performance and see it just wasn't good enough because Brighton have played good attacking football all season and have just struggled for goals. And if they had a, a quality striker in there, they could have had a five or six. So I think as much as they have won it at Crystal Palace, they have to look at the um, uh, the performance and see the negatives and try and develop on them because they probably weren't good enough and were lucky to get the three points. Yeah, Jean-Philippe um, Matata's goal was outrageous. Everybody, yeah. I think Fogman said, welcome to the Premier League because it was a brilliant goal. It went through Sanchez, uh, the, Sanchez's legs, uh, the Brighton goalkeeper. But yeah, Palace won that derby and took the three points back to Salas Park. Now going on some women's football and England won 6-0 against Northern Ireland with Ellen White getting a hat-trick, who I believe, I don't know if anybody knows, but she does this celebration. Something like that. Yeah, she does that celebration. Um, and that was the first game uh, for during interim boss, um, Heidi Riser. I'm probably not saying that right, but that was her first game in charge of the Lionesses. Jill Scott, who of course has, is on loan, I believe at the moment, uh, to you, Alex, uh, managed to get a 150th Lioness cap which is amazing achievement for a country. Um, uh, but yeah, going back to the men's game now, and fans are set to return to the stadium from May the 17th, Boris has announced. What are we? Everyone's excited, but do we think it will happen? Because I believe this is, I think Alex pointed out this week to us, that this is, when this gets lifted, I believe there's only one game, game week left of the Prem, and then yeah. it's finished. So what what does everybody think of it? Do you reckon it's the right time? Well, they probably could have like left it until the, the new season and then maybe even get half or even all of the, the fans back into the stadiums. But I'm not sure. Like, Obviously, you are getting a game before the end of the season. You can watch your team play. Um, but will, will the amount of cases go up? And then you obviously can't play like that many games with fans in at the start of the season next season and it just slows everything down again so it's yeah I'm not sh- quite sure what's going to happen but there's also some teams like they'll probably be like why can't you do it a week earlier because we haven't got a home game so we won't have any fans for the Man City game we'll just have 10,000 uh, Man City fans in there watching us play so I doubt yeah. there'll be 10,000 City fans that'll be going there yeah. Uh, so what, what do you think? Uh, because grassroots football, which we'll come on to in a minute, returns the 29th uh, of uh, March, I believe it is. But for the Premier League fans, would you say this is the right time, even though there's only one game week left? I think fans will be disappointed that they haven't been able to spend most of this season in the stadiums. But I think we all have to agree that it's for the safety of um, well everybody involved. And um, I think it would be better to leave it for this season, just right off the fans going into stadiums this season, purely because um, with only how many matches did you say was left? Was it five matches? It was one whole game week. One game week, which is so, yeah. ten matches. Yeah. So, um, I personally don't think there's much point in that pointless risk, and I think. Um, Fans going back into stadiums will encourage 
more people to go out and have a pint at their mates to go and see the match, um, which I believe might be allowed at that point. But um, yeah, I, I think it would be safer for everybody if we leave it till the end of this season and then have more fans in at the start of next season. Yeah, so these are the games that would be taking place uh, on the weekend that fans do return. So Arsenal versus Brighton, Villa versus Chelsea, Fulham versus Newcastle, Leeds versus West Brom, Leicester versus Spurs, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace, City versus Everton, Sheffield United versus Burnley, West Ham versus Southampton, and Wolves versus Manchester United. Um, There's only one out of our three teams that are going to be playing at home, and that is Aston Villa. Um, But, yeah, yeah, but... He's, so he said it, but it could come back to bite us, but you, you never know, I suppose. It's good for the Euros, though, because all restrictions for coronavirus, if you didn't know, are being lifted on the 21st of June, I believe. Uh, and yeah, then, if everything goes to plan. Yeah, and then, That's not all restrictions, is it? I th- yeah, I, th- I think it is, isn't it? I, I, I thought it was just the majority of them. Like The lockdown rules will be completely lifted, but there's still going to be restrictions on... Like, you're not supposed to go into shops without a mask, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that will be one well, of the things. But There should be full capacity in football matches, I'm guessing. But we don't, don't really know yet. Yeah, I think, I think he did say, because everybody was saying, imagine Wembley packed out on 90,000, um, yeah. which would be the day after against Czech Republic, as soon as the ban gets lifted. So it's a good way to celebrate. Staying with the Euros, actually, and England, it's been leaked this week, maybe, or rumoured around, that they could host the Euros rather than it having the 50th year celebration across all the cities in Europe, just staying in England. I mean, it would be good for us, wouldn't it? Um, I I wouldn't mind that, um, but do you reckon that will happen? Well, considering, like, as you said, it's only one day after that... uh... I think, is it England's first matches one day after the COVID restrictions? Yeah, against Czech Republic. Yeah. And then a load of people from everywhere in the world just come to watch their <laughs> um, their teams, if you want to say that. And then <laughs> like everyone in Europe just comes over to England and then all the cases start going back up. And I, I don't know really what's going to happen, but it'll be good for us, obviously, to, to get all the matches if everything's safe and everything. Um, but I don't think it'd be... Go, go down very well with uh, some of the cities maybe that were, were hosting it. Yeah, um, I think the main cities that would be hosting it would be uh, London. Uh, of course, they've got a majority of clubs there. Uh, Manchester and I believe Liverpool would be there as well. Um, so they're all, they've all got big venues, so we'll have to see if they do go there or not. Um, but the going on to Everton now, Alex, uh, and you've had a couple of things go your way this week, three things to be exact. Uh, but one of them has been council approving for your stadium. It's good news, isn't it? But you said in the stream that you're sad to leave Goodison. Yeah, it's a bit bittersweet. Like this um, new stadium, obviously, it's going to be a turning point for the club. Obviously, we've had Goodison Park for over 100 years now, so it is getting a bit old, like old and cranky. But um, it will be sad to see us, uh, it go because it is the, the foundation of our football club and yeah, it's just where we came from, but obviously the new stadium is going to bring so many tourists to the um, to the city and just like overall improve the everything about the city, income, all the the work that's going to go into it, all increase the amount of jobs. Um, 
and it's just going to be uh, infinitely beneficial for them. So it is going to, it is good news. I'll put it as good news rather than bad news that we're losing the stadium. And yeah. So, uh, yeah. Do, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but so the council are paying for it, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's going into the scheme it's, it's... with um. Eh? Nothing. Go on, go on, carry <laughs> it's going on. into the um, developing the city scheme because of uh, COVID nineteen and yeah. So this is what gets me. So Liverpool fans will be paying towards your stadium. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I've never thought it was like uh, that before, uh, but yeah. But where did Anfield come from? I'm sure Alex would oh. uh, be uh, glad to remind us. So. If I can remember correctly, I think it was ours, and we gave was it, it to them because yeah, we actually oh, gave them their shirts as well. Like their first shirts were um, our shirts that we wore in our first season, and then we gave it to them because we got new shirts. So um, yeah, we are. The it's because they're just such a small club. Yeah, they're so small. We they came from us. They are us. Right. I don't know what it's called. Um, Ancestors, you're the ancestors. Yes, you're the old ones. We we were here first, and then we gave them the stadium. We gave them. They even found some balls, you know. They even found some balls. Oh, the balls! Yeah. Uh, going on to your third <laughs> piece of good news this week, Alex. Luca Dean signs a contract until 2025. Happy. Yeah, very. I don't think um, I was worried about him going anywhere else. Obviously, he was linked with City and Bayern Munich, and he could play for them. He could play for many teams in the in the world. But yeah, I, I was pretty certain about this. He's pretty happy here, and hopefully, he can do great things. Yep. Um, now we're going to some SPFL news. Uh, Neil Lennon, of course, the manager of Celtic, has re- resigned. Uh, for being well, one of the main reasons, being 18 points behind Rangers. Uh, Steven Gerrard says that it didn't come to him as a shock uh, that Neil Lennon did resign. Uh, but it's it's weird seeing Celtic having a downfall and Rangers being the better team because in recent years, it's been the other way around. Yeah, especially after so long of uh, Celtic dominating, really. Yeah, uh, but... Yeah, what would you think? Who would you want to bring in if you're a Celtic fan, Alex, to maybe close the gap? But then still, it is a big gap. I might look uh, at some of their like former, maybe legends of their club, like the same as Celtic have done. Like they haven't gone for a Celtic legend; they've gone for another legend of the sport. But I think it's brought a bit of grit and like determination into their football, and ultimately that's what's helped them grow so much as a football club. And if um, Celtic can do that. I think they'll they'll do very well. But obviously, it's going to be a pretty hard job. Seeing as Neil Lennon isn't a a bad manager, but he's he's obviously not done very well with the squad that he has, and it'll just be interesting to see who does come in. Uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see in the next couple of days who does come in for Neil Lennon. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has said this week, uh, talking about or talking to uh, Eric Britt Halland, oh, uh, this news. is what he had to say. Now Joe's just waffling here. Um, so yeah, this is what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had to say uh, with Halland. He says, I keep in touch with Erlen. He's a Dortmund player, so we just wish him the well there. 
then let's see what life will bring later on. So whether that's whether that's a bit of transfer news, take it how you see it. But could we see Haaland in a couple of years come to Manchester United? I bloody hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you start winning like some trophies, maybe the Europa League, and then get a bit further in the Champions League, I could maybe see him coming. But he's um, doing very well at, at Dortmund, so I can't really see him leaving anytime soon. Yeah, of course, he has been linked with Manchester City as well. Uh, and I know a lot of Liverpool fans uh, want him in as well. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens with uh, Haaland. Um, speaking of money and City, uh, this is what Pep Guardiola had to say this week. We have a lot of money to buy incredible players. Uh, so, yeah, he's got financial backing, of course, from the Manchester City. Um, top dogs or owners at the top, you could say. Um, but he doesn't really need to improve the team, does he, considering they are... 10 points above everyone in the Premier League. I'm not um, sure who he'd swap out, to be honest. Yeah. He could definitely go for, for some younger players to maybe propel uh, the club in the future, but at the moment, nothing needs to be done, I don't think. No, uh, unless he goes for a big man up top, but that's very unlike Guardiola. But yeah, yeah. We, we could see that with Haaland, but you never know, I suppose. Um, going on some sad news now, and the father of Liverpool goalkeeper, Alisson, has doubt, uh, has. Uh, died this week. Um, Alex, I believe you sort of, or Everton did pay tribute, which was a nice touch. Yeah, I mean, rivalries aside, like that's just in football, and then you are, you have this, which, which, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is a sad day for Alisson and his family on Liverpool. Uh, everybody's saying at the moment that it, there's something, one of my mates said it the other week, he said, uh, like, there's something over Liverpool. I can't. What what is the word I need to get out? Curse. I think it's curse. I think it is curse. I'll just double check. Hex. You could be right with curse. A dark cloud. Yes, Liverpool are cursed. Well done, Joe. Read my mind. Well, not really, because I didn't know it. Uh, But yeah, that's what one of my mates had to say because of the injuries, of course. uh, And Liverpool not winning a great deal of games so far, really, lately. Um... Now, going on some uh, international news, and Mikel Antonio has been approached uh, by the Jamaican Football Federation to res- represent uh, Jamaica in the World Cup and, and yeah, the World Cup and the CONCACAF, I believe. Um, what do we think of this one? He's a very good striker, of course. I believe, I'm not sure if he's played for England, so he would be allowed to go and play for Jamaica. I think and he's I know, played a few. And, and I, I do know he wants to go and play uh, for Jamaica as well and represent them. Um, but yeah, what do we think? It's probably the right idea for him, and I don't think, even though he's a, a very good player, I don't think he's getting near the the England squad anytime soon. Um, but I think he said he wants to to play in the World Cup, but I, I don't know if if Jamaica are even going to qualify. I'm I'm not too sure on their squad. Um, so if if that's what he does want to do, fair enough. But overall, it's just international football anyway, and you probably want to play it more than you don't want to. Should we see what the Jamaican squad is like? Well, I believe they've got they do Leon have, Bailey. They've got Leon Bailey and Adrian Mariapa, who plays for Forest now, but used to play for Palace. So, but I oh, think An- Antonio West wants Morgan. this to happen. Yeah, West Morgan. Um, I think Antonio wants this to happen, though. I don't think he wants to represent England anymore, which is his decision. Um, but... 
yeah, uh, we'll go on to some managerial news now. And Thierry Henry has left the role as Montreal boss, Montreal Impact to be exact, in Canada. Uh, of course, the MLS League. Could he be going to Bournemouth? We didn't mention it last week. Yes, I, I think he would have a decent job there and he'd be back in the Premier League. Alex, right move for him? Um. I think if he does go to Bournemouth, he could do quite well. Uh, I think he struggled being a manager in the MLS, uh, obviously because of the the calibre of player he didn't really want to work with. Um, So I think he struggled there because of that. But I think Bournemouth have a a very exciting squad. Um, So if they do go back into the Premier League this season, um, even if they like, Henri could shine there. So you never know. But I guess... Well, they have just sat their manager, Bournemouth, so they definitely need one in quick. And then if you get a big name like Henri, obviously it'll do a lot for your, for your club. So, Yeah, definitely. Um, now, going back to Liverpool, and Jordan Henderson has undergone a successful surgery. I believe he is meant to be back in, in March, or he's meant to mi- miss the March break. It's either March or April he's going to be back. back. Um, so, yeah, that's for you, Liverpool fans. Uh, Coming with uh, Speaking about players coming back, Jimenez of Wolves is expected to play again this season, which is very good considering what did happen to him. And it's clearly a very fast recovery for him, Joe, isn't it? That's quite surprising because he fractured his skull, which is quite a quite a scar, quite a battle wound. So um, well done to him for recovering so quickly. And we just hope he's ready. Um, yeah. He said he's totally confident that he will. No, the Wolves boss says he's he's totally confident and for sure. Meaning, it's probably likely that we'll see Jimenez's magic again. Yeah, uh, we have. Well, Wolves have even been missing uh, a bit of Jimenez up top, haven't they? They've had Pedro Neto and Daniel Pedence, who did like shone throughout uh, the season. But with the big man up front, I know they've had Fabio Silva, but he's not really been getting the goals lately for Wolves, has he, Alex? No, I mean, they've struggled. They bought in um, Fabio Silva, obviously, to be a, a backup striker and maybe come in, in some cup games and develop as a player. But he's been given the, the responsibility to start most games in the Premier League, which he's definitely struggled with. Uh, I think they signed, was it Willian Jose? Um, I think he's on loan. And then uh, he hasn't really done much since he's, shine, uh, since he's signed. Sorry, him. And then he'll probably go back next season to, I think it's Villarreal. Yeah. Uh, Real Sociedad or whatever it is. And oh, then, yeah, Real. Um, yeah, yeah, Real. Um, obviously, Jimenez coming back will be very, very good news, not only uh, for Wolves, but for Mexico as well with the World Cup uh, nearly nearly with us again. Um, and it's, it's just remarkable how fast he's recovered. Like, no, some people said he'd be back middle, middle way through next season. And the fact that he might play this season is just remarkable. Yep. Uh, now, going on to some referee sort of news. And Joe, would you do us the honours of reading out a quote that a Premier League assistant re- uh, Premier League assistant referee, uh, Sean Massey-Ellis, has had to say yeah. this week? Um, Very big. She has okay. said, saying something like, you're a woman, get back to the kitchen, you shouldn't be in this game, that for me is not okay. A comment like, you were so far out of position, I can take that, it's something that I can improve on. I've been in the Premier League for 10 years and I think people know now that I'm not here because I'm ticking a box. It's because I've worked really hard to get here. Um, 
that's her saying that there's a fine line between criticism, criticism and sexism. And I fully agree with that. I think, um, well, there's just loads of, there's actually meme accounts on like of football pages and they're just posting just hatred towards women's football. And they'll post clips of the worst moments of women's football. And you'd probably see that in a league too much to be honest but those ma- those moments don't happen all the time it's complete it's taken completely out of context and it's just not encouraging at all yeah um it, if i was a young girl and wanted to come into the industry as a referee or as a women's footballer i wouldn't feel like it's a very i don't know a very inclusive um division I think it's getting it is getting more and more inclusive. It's making the right steps. It's just the fan base is taking time to move on. And I think it's to be fair, to be honest, it's really sad, but I think it'll take a lot of time for the fan base to come to terms with women's football as as a whole, because um we're still seeing incident incidents of racism with football and um racist abuse on social media when Black people have been a huge part of football for over 50 years. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say because, you've, like you said, Joe, with the fan bases, it's, it's going to take a long time to change them around. But then you people want to aspire and people want to go into these type of positions and roles uh, and make the Premier League a, a more inclusive place. But with the fans, it might be a bit off-putting for them. Um but hopefully they can prove the fans wrong. Um, but it's hard to see because I was watching a video uh, of one of the meme accounts. I don't follow it. It was posted on another meme account that I follow, just football related. And it was saying that in the Champions League final, it was Wolfsburg versus Leon last season. And it was something like the Wolfsburg uh, players missed 11 shots on target or something. They didn't get a single goal in. But then everybody's laughing at them. But then I went and watched United earlier in the season. And well, not early in the season, last season, sorry. And they couldn't even, none of the players got the, I think it was 10 shots and none of the players scored a goal or got it on target. They just kept on missing, but that wouldn't get highlighted, would it? No, a bad game for a man's football team would be like, oh, oh, we're not in form. And there'd be a million excuses. Like if it happened to Liverpool men's team, they'd be like, oh, we've got Van Dijk out. Uh, Oh, um, Salah was wearing the wrong colour T-shirt to bed last night. But um, if it was a Liverpool women's team and they posted the stats, it's like, ha, 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 women's football so bad. It's just like complete slander in the media. Yeah. Alex, what do you think the media can do to change around it? Because like Joe said before, the fan base isn't really going towards it at the moment. So what can the media do anymore? They can definitely like... um alter what they're saying like they can stop going like making not making excuses like if Liverpool did lose they'll say oh they as Joe said they've got so many injuries that's why they lost and then they'll like turn it back in in the next match but with women they just out outline like the things they did wrong and then that's all that football fans who don't watch women's football ever see so it's all about that but I think as well um if women's football gets like more money injected into it, then it'll become bigger and ultimately more people will start watching it. And then 
they can develop the players that are playing in it to, to a higher quality than it is now so that less people can slander it, even though they shouldn't shouldn't be. Um, so, it's yeah, that's why I think it should happen. But Well, the thing, does... the thing is, the slander isn't like she's so far out of position, what's she doing there? It's nothing intelligent. It's nothing like, oh, um, she should have made this pass and uh, it's her fault. It's they're bad. They're trash. They're rubbish. What are they doing on a football pitch? Get out in the kitchen. It's exactly like the referee is saying. And um, with a foot with a men's football team, I think it would be more. Um, it'd be more pointed on what they were actually doing wrong, rather than just straight slagging them off. Yeah. Um, and I think it is quite comparable to what's been going on with uh, Two and Zebi and other players of colour. Yeah. Um, but hopefully something changes in the future. We keep, we keep saying it, but yeah, like, like I've said a million times today, we'll have to see what happens. Um, going on to a lighter note now, um, and we'll go to the Spreado Fredo, aka the Premier League score predictions. Now, we are doing them all for this week. Joe, are you noting them down like you did last week is he getting the post-it notes out Ooh. I am and should we check the results I have a fancy week? pen to do it got a Freddo Spreado pen well I think I think you both of you said that you wanted to do all the results don't you now yes yeah. because I think it ten paints a, a broader picture yeah um, so we didn't do all 10 last week so this is AK the first do we not, do... we really oh we're not scoring it from last week Oh, yeah, so the scores from last week currently. I did them. There is zero for Alex, oh, yes. one for Dan, and one yes. for Joe. Ooh. So what, me and Dan are level on points. What, what, was what one did you that, get? Yeah, which ones are the ones that we got right? Dan predicted the Villa Leicester game correctly, Ooh. and I predicted the Tottenham West Ham game correctly. Ooh. Ooh. I've still got them pinned up on my wall. I'm, I'm taking this seriously. Make a collection. Make a yeah. collection. I'm pinning these on top so I can count them off at the end. That's good. Right, okay, so Joe, I'll read it out game by game. And if we go in... So we'll go Alex, me, then you, Joe. Does that sound all right? It does. Let me just write down the title. Okay, Oak. What is it? Week two. Spredo, Week Fredo. two, Freddo Spredo, and then I'm gonna write the date and I'm gonna it. You know, Spredo Freddo, Spredo Freddo. <laughs> huh? I keep calling it Spredo Freddo, not Freddo Spredo. Honestly, Dan, <laughs> just just what's wrong with you? Don't get can't hack around the name. Right. Okay. Go. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. I, I was just going to read the game out so everybody knows. Read the knows. game out then. Read the game out. Read the game I will out. read the game out. Uh, so match week 26, the first game, 12-30, Manchester City versus West Ham. Go ahead, Alex. Well, it's on BT Sport, so I'm going to go uh, 2-0, Manchester City. Just because seems it's on like, BT? Seems like a BT Sport type of score. Like. Oh, okay. So sorry, could you repeat that score? Sorry, I was, I was completely two confused. 2-0 to Manchester City. 2-0? Yes. Two nil, Manchester City. Manchester City. Three one City. Three one City. They're not going to keep a clean sheet. They keep a clean sheet against everyone but the best team in the league. They've got Soychak. He's not scored in like five weeks. All right, okay, Joe, let's get your score prediction. I'm going to say three nil City. Mm-hmm. I think right. that could be right actually. Uh, next game, West Brom <laughs> versus Brighton. <laughs> Alex. 
Uh, I'm gonna go one nil to Bryson Hall Valvian. Wait, 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 wait. One all, one all, one all, one all. One all. Yeah. Okay, do. I'm gonna I'm gonna go two one Brighton. Okay, and I am gonna go one nil to Brighton. Can they're I change good. mine? They're, they're good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go two nil Brighton. I don't think West Brom are gonna score. Okay. Mateus Pereira. Nah. All right. All right next game. I'm ready. Next game, Leeds versus Aston Villa. Slightly later game, half past five at Allen Road. Alex. 3-0 to Leeds United. <laughs> I just think they're in too that. good form. And if, if Grealish doesn't play, I don't think you'll score many. I was Because you got beaten like 3 or 4-0 last time, didn't you? Patrick Bamford. Yeah, it Bamford. was 3-0. So... Yeah, I don't know. I was going to predict the win, but I don't think Leeds ever don't score. So did you say 3-0 again? Yes. Okay. I think this is going to be a, a very open game. Um, but yeah, I think See, Dan Leeds... knows how to work the audience. Dan knows how to work the crowd. It's, just say, gonna, well, I think, I think it's going to be a very close game, <laughs> but I think Leeds are going to edge it by three goals to nil. Edge it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, right, so I think it's going to be an open game. No sides will be sitting back and defending. The slight issue is for Villa, no Jack Grealish. So the creativity, Barkley maybe, and McGinn, El Ghazi maybe, Trezeguet. But I think they will struggle a bit. Uh, but yeah, I think Villa always somehow get a goal, but I'm going to go 3-1 leads. Um, so... I'm quite interested for this game. I think it would be a perfect opportunity to test out Morgan Sanson and maybe mess around with the team a little bit because we know we don't have Gravish and we know that um, the likelihood is we're not going to secure a three points easily from this game. And if we do play Morgan Sanson, I think we'd have a decent shot at not embarrassing ourselves, basically. So I'm I'm still going to predict a Leeds win. I'm going to say two 0 Leeds, but I, I would like to see how Sanson does if he is playing because we haven't played him yet. So what what are you going to say, Joe? Two 0 Two 0 Right. Leeds. The next game: Newcastle versus Wolves. The latest game on that day, eight o'clock at St James's Park. Alex, what's your score prediction? Well, I've seen a lot of people uh, predict uh, a Newcastle win, but. Um... Last few matches I've seen of Newcastle, they've been very, very under par, even in the ones they've won uh, against uh, Southampton. So I'll go 1 0 to Wolverhampton Wanderers. I'm going to go exactly the same result as you, Alex. I think Wolves will sit back for some reason. I know Newcastle normally sit back, but yeah, Wolves 1 0 for me. Joe, what about you? Oh my God, I'm blind. Um, That's bright. It is. <laughs> Good lighting though, but blinding you. Yeah, I can't see anything though. What's your score prediction? I'm going to go 2 1 to Wolves. I think Newcastle might get a goal, but I think Wolves are definitely going to win. Oh my, I got the patches of bright light in my eyes now. I can't see anything, man. Did I say 2 1? Yeah. Yes. Okay. To Wolves. Yeah. Right. Uh, going on to the Sunday games now uh, Crystal Palace versus Fulham. That'll be on 12 o'clock, BBC One, so everybody can watch that if you want. Um, 
Yeah, what's your score prediction, Alex? London Derby. Uh, I'm going to go 2 0 to Fulham. Mm. 2 0 Fulham? I think they've changed the tide and I think they'll get a few goals. And this Crystal Palace team at the moment is not it Better. without Zaha and anything. So, yeah. I think Crystal Palace will sit back, as they've seemed to do quite a lot this season. Uh, Fulham will try to get in behind, but they'll counter attack with the likes of Wolf Zaha uh, as a. Is he not injured? Uh, Andros Townsend, Benteke, Matata, all of those attacking players. Okay. What is that? How injured? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. To yeah. What right. score did you say? Sorry. Uh, so I'm I'm going to say two 0 Crystal Palace. Okay. Okay. So Alex has gone one way, you've gone the other. I'm going to go with a draw then. <laughs> I'm going to say it's going to end up three all. <laughs> it's going to be a big game. Banger of a game. We should we should stream this game if it's going to be three all. Adam Ola Luckman gate uh, hat trick inbound. Mm, Never know. Uh, right, the next game is also at twelve o'clock. It is Leicester City versus Arsenal at the King Power Stadium. Of course, Arsenal won in midweek. Leicester didn't. Alex, what's your score prediction? Well, if Arsenal win this, I think they'll go mad. Like they're gonna finish top four again, but. Um... I, I don't think they will. And if Leicester do buy a good team, I think they'll get the job done. So I'm going to go 2 1 to Leicester City. Leicester City. Ooh, I think Leicester. <laughs> I keep coughing. Uh, Leicester will be the favourites going into this game. Arsenal have performed well in the last couple of games. Uh, but yeah, I think Leicester, considering how well they've done this season, will win this one comfortably 2 0. Okay, I think. Leicester have been doing very well recently, obviously beating us, um, which is a very tough and very hard match for them. And um, I think they're going to go 3-1 because they're going to carry the momentum forward from playing us and win. Yeah. By how much? I said 3-1. 3-1, 3-1. All right. Okay. Nobody listens to me, honestly. <laughs> Um, Stayed on the Sunday games, two o'clock kickoff, Spurs versus Burnley at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Score prediction, Alex? Uh, 3-0 to Tottenham Hotspur. So yeah, I do think Burnley will set back, as we've seen a lot this season, Um, and they could maybe get a counter-attack goal, but like you said, I think Spurs will come out victorious this game. I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs. I think it'll be hard for them. Actually, no, I'm going to go one all, one all. I think Burnley will have a great game. So, I think Burnley are going to sit back quite a bit. And I think Spurs are going to notice that and just push through them over and over again. And I don't think Burnley are going to be able to cope with it very well. So, I'm going to go with Alex and go 3-0. Now, the next game is arguably the biggest game of the weekend. It is Chelsea versus Manchester United. Half four at Stamford Bridge. What's your score prediction, Alex? Going to be a hard one, but I think we're going to go 2 0 to Manchester United. Of course, Chelsea have been fairly informed. I know they did draw against Southampton last weekend, but they did win in midweek against Atletico. United have been um, quite good to, um, and they are very good away, of course. 18 unbeaten away games we so are far. Away. We are freaked away. Just because you're sitting in sixth with. I don't know, Everton and Liverpool and Denman. I don't know if you've seen them. Um, look how far we've come. And if we win our two games in hand, 
which might I add, no other team has two games in hand. Um, How many do you have, Alex? Just one. Yeah, one. one yeah. He, uh, as in the whole football yeah, club. Everton, Everton is Alex. Alex is Everton. They're one and the same. Um, if we win those, we go above Liverpool, which isn't much of an achievement at the moment, but yeah, than most of the teams in the Premier League. All right, okay. Uh, so, with Joe's low argument done, I'm going to go with a 2 1 win United. It wasn't an argument, it was straight facts. Facts. 2 1 United. Yeah. 2 1 to um, the, the Manx. Okay, I think um, Chelsea are very good at the moment. And uh, with, with Tuchel, they're going to. Have they lost gonna... yet under him? No, I don't think so. They're drawn. Yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be a very close game. I think ultimately Chelsea will pull it out of the bag with Tuchel. And I think Werner will score because he looks like he's been coming back into form a little bit. That's if Giroud if takes he... his place after that overhead kick. You are? That's if Giroud takes his place for that overhead kick. In maybe, maybe. But Werner scored a few weeks ago. No, last week, didn't he? Uh, he, did. he scored he against Newcastle. To, he scored against Newcastle where they won 2 now. So I think Kepa's going to have a banger of a game and Werner's going to score twice. So I'm going to say 2 Kepa 1. Kepa won't Chelsea. be playing, I don't think. I think nah. Mendy will be in that. No, Kepa will be playing. Mendy will be in that. Nah, Mendy, Kepa. Mendy's been in that for the last two games. Kepa, two game, Kepa two was games. in. Who was he in that against Kepa? Newcastle. But then Mendy was in that against Southampton, wasn't he? And then he it was also uh, in that against Atletico. Yeah, Newcastle. Are these a Balaga? Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, all right. Sorry, that was just straight facts I was talking about. No, you weren't, no, you weren't. Yeah, I was, I was, I was. Straight facts and stats. Lucky, right, okay. Lucky. Next game, Sheffield United versus Liverpool, 7-15 at Bramall Lane. Score prediction, Alex. Again, I want to predict the Liverpool loss, but they are better away from home, and this is his, this is bomb of the league. So, I'm going to go, I might even go 4-0 Liverpool, you know. I think they get like after they've lost to us, they'll be like, "This is absolutely awful." We'll have to do something about it, and and most of will step up. I think Liverpool are going to win two 0 So I'm going to go the other way. I think Sheffield are going to surprise everybody because Liverpool have been great, and I think Sheffield are going to come rearing out the blocks and like, and they'll go, "This is our time to shine," and then they'll beat Liverpool and show everyone up, and then lose the next week. So I'm going to yeah. say 1-0 to Sheffield United. Liverpool are going to have like three dodgy VAR decisions against them and Liverpool fans are going to go mad, but it's going to be hilarious. Yes. Right. So the last game of the game week is on Monday at 8 o'clock. Goodison Park, Everton versus Southampton. Alex? Uh, we, I think other than Newcastle, Southampton is our bogey team and especially at Goodison Park. So I'm not too confident. I want to win, but in terms of predictions, I think I'm going to go one all. One all. Yes. I think uh, Southampton will win this one. Last minute winner, two one to Southampton. Nathan Redmond. I think Everton are going to win one nil. Um, they're going to score in the later stages of the game, and then um, they'll have about three opportunities, but miss them all. Minamino's injured and they're not allowed to play Theo Walcott because he's on loan. Danny Ings, Dwight Prowse. Well, Minamino's the one that's been scoring lately. 
and we hate playing against Liverpool players most of the time. Trey Adams. Right, okay, so yeah, those are the all the games done for that game week. I don't know if you want to do the next game week or are these all the games in hand that everyone's got? Uh, well, I think the next games happen before we have another podcast, so I think we have to. All right, okay. So, do they? Uh, yeah, so it's the Tuesday down to Wednesday the and Thursday. Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... I think is is this the game week because I, I looked it up and double it game didn't week. come up. So yeah, it is double. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I know it's not a double game week for all teams, is it? Because West Ham um, and Fulham. I think there's like four or five teams that don't have it. Oh, four. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, right. Okay. We'll go for them then. Oh, Leeds as well. Yeah. Leeds. Um, right. So the first game of the double game week on the game week twenty-seven. Sorry is Manchester City versus Wolves on Tuesday. Score predictions. Uh, I'm going to go 3-0 to Manchester City. Even though go. they tend to struggle against Wolves. I'm going to go 2-0 City. I'm going to go 3-1 City. Um, they're going to struggle against Wolves, but the scoreline is not going to reflect that. Next game, Burnley versus Leicester, six o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, two one to Leicester. I'm gonna go. Um, I think Leicester. It'll take a lot for them to break down that Burnley side. Hold uh, on, yeah, Alex. Did you say two one to Leicester City? Leicester City. All right. I'm gonna go two one as well to Leicester. I'm going to go 2-1 as well to Leicester. <laughs> if we all get a point for that and we all get it right, that'll be amazing. Yeah, Alex will still be behind because he's bad. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, right, next game, Sheffield United versus Villa at 6 o'clock, like the other game, at Bramall Lane. Alex? Uh, I'm going to go 3-0 to uh, Aston Villa. Yeah. Someone's I'm going to go 2-0 Villa. Villa. Yeah. This could be our week. Um, I'm going to say 4-0 Villa. Because I can't predict lower for Villa than anyone else. Okay. Next game, Crystal Palace versus Manchester United. 8-15 Wednesday. Alex? Uh, is this your bogey team as well? Uh, it Sort of, oh. but it's, it's on and off. It's not consistently, so... Yeah, maybe. Um, I'll go two one to Manchester United. Um, I don't think Palace is going to score. We're great at the back at the moment. Two nil United. I only say three nil United. Um, yeah. Can I change to two nil? Okay. Why did you change, Alex? What's your explanation? If you could. Uh, Jeffrey Schlupp, I don't think he's going to play on the left wing where he likes to play. So, okay. Um, Thursday's <laughs> games now uh, Fulham versus Spurs, Derby, of course, London Derby, six o'clock, Craven Cottage. Watch your score prediction, Alex. 1 1. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was 1 1 last game, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was when we live streamed it. Um, I think Spurs. Are a different Spurs from then on, but yeah, I think Spurs will win three one. I'm gonna say one nil Spurs. 
they're going to park the bus, so. Yeah. West Brom versus Everton, six o'clock as well. Uh, one nil to Everton. That was very quick, Alex. Um, I think. Uh, actually, I'm going to go one nil as well. DCL just with the big header. Somehow he breaks down that Everton uh, West Brom backline. Oh. Isn't the Jay out as well? Isn't it a three-match Bamford handball? Yeah. Right, Joe. What's yours? Did you Score both go one nil? Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to say 1-0 to uh, Everton. Yeah. Because I'm original. Score prediction for the Liverpool versus Chelsea game, the biggest game of that game week. Alex? Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 to Liverpool. This I was think a they'll good, have a statement. This was a good game last season, wasn't it? Like 4-3 or 5-3 in the end to Liverpool. It was something Alex, did you just say 2-1, two, two, just to confirm? Yes. Okay, okay. To them lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was like 5-3 in the end uh, in last season to Liverpool. Uh, but Liverpool won't win this one, in my opinion. I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea. I'd like to see... Tuchel properly making his mark and throwing Liverpool to the dust. So I'm going to say 2-0 like Daniel Burton. That is all of our Fredo, Spredo score predictions done for the game weeks 26 and 27. I'm going to need a book or something. I can't keep pinning them up. Look how many sheets I've got. (laughs) from just this week. Wow, that's a lot. Right smaller. (laughs) Huh? What? What did you say? Font I 12. said right smaller. Font 12 size Oh, no, it's abbreviate. Like, instead of Burnley, put B-U-R. I put U-T-D instead of United because they don't deserve a full name. Oh. I think the Villa well, should just be... Well, that could be, be Leicester. No, Newcastle VA. United. What? I'm sure order already. would make a mistake. Oh. Right, okay. That I'll give myself it. a notebook for next week. Well done, Joe. That is it from us this week. That is a bye from me. And me. And me. Thanks for watching slash listening. Follow us on Spotify, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, and maybe Facebook? No, not Facebook. No, not Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that only, what, 2% of you subscribed? So if if you could change that, that would be pretty amazing. Thank you. And goodbye.